Welcome to episode one of Bet to Win. I'm Claudia Bellafato alongside my co-host and now good friend Joe Fan. We're here in the brand new Blue Wire studio in the beautiful Win Las Vegas. The smoke is flowing out there. We already talked about it. We see some people with mimosas and whiskey. You gotta love Vegas. You've only been here for a few days now, officially moved in as a Vegas resident. You made the 17-hour drive from Seattle. I've been here about a month from Boston. Uh, officially, how many days have you been here? I've been here for four. Four, okay. And I don't ever suggest anyone make that 17-hour drive. Let me tell you, about 99% of Nevada has absolutely nothing. But it's great yeah, to be here. This is a lot of fun. I mean, gosh, this studio is immaculate. Uh, this podcast is going to be a whole lot of fun. I'm excited to be co-hosting alongside uh, yourself. Um, and this is going to be a fun journey that we're on together here. Absolutely. And I just have to say, Joe already got invited to a barbecue with like a group of 65-year-old dudes. So he's really I met thriving. the coolest people. My dad and I. My dad was my co-pilot on the trip down. We met the coolest guys ever at happy hour. Yeah. And they're buying us drinks. They're inviting me to a barbecue. So Vegas is already starting to feel like home. Sans the fact that I don't have any furniture. That'll come. Uh, but so steps. far, so good yeah. here uh, as a new Vegas resident. Yes, baby steps. Uh, so, Joe, this is our one show this week, but... Every other week, you guys can catch the show every Monday, Thursday. We're going to go over everything happening in the sports world, all of the headlines across all the leagues, and then, of course, get into betting, talk about why the lines are moving certain ways. We're going to give out some of our expert analysis, some of our Yeah, I like the air quotes on that. I (laughs) like the air quotes on that. Yeah, if you're not watching this and you're just listening, first of all, we love you. Thank you for listening. Second of all, um, I do make faces and make air quotes, so if you can watch at some point, try to do that. Um, And we also have this big glass wall. Our cameras might show you at some point people walking by. So if you do come to the win, please come visit. Say hello. Maybe we'll get you in the show at some point. This show, I mentioned we're just having one show. Joe and I will be on the road doing some fun things. So make sure you follow us on Twitter. He's at Joe underscore fan. I'm at CBellafato TV. And of course, at WinBet and at Blue Wire Pods. We have some fun content to push this week. After that, we'll be every Monday, Thursday. Before we get into NFL Week 1 and features, which is what this show will be about, I want to talk college football. And this is going to be the introduction to our little segment called Parlay Parte. I love a good play on words. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Colin Terrence, if you want to pull this parlay up, Colin Terrence is our lovely Two of my uh, favorite things. Behind Parlays <laughs> and partays combined into one I mean, immaculate 14-leg monster. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And and if you're not watching and you're just listening, it's crazy to look at because, first of all, the green checks are wonderful, but it's only unders. This man or woman bet all unders in college football. At what point were they sweating? $10 to win $79,935.70. Numbers. My goodness. Yep. Eighty grand from a $10 bet. Then, of course, like I'm sure he he or she won last night, and they were like, I should have put 20 on it. Of course. I mean, that's with every bet. But I'm sure they were sweating throughout the whole thing, especially last night. All they needed was Louisville and Ole Miss to go under 75 and a half. Did. So that payout was massive. That's why parlays are hard to hit, but when they do hit, they're that's incredible. Fun. I have a couple of like betting quirks. Yes. Okay. One of them is that I hate betting unders. It's just you a do. weird way to watch a game, especially in college football. Like you're sweating an under is not fun. Like and rooting just no. against scoring in general is kind of a bizarre way to view a game. That's true. And 
especially in college football, where those games take like six hours and there's yes. like 400 TV commercials. <laughs> and so like, that's a long way to go for an under to it hit. Is, and so like, I just, but then I look at that parlay and say, well, maybe I should start betting under. I think I'm just going to bet college football unders for the rest of the season. Uh, <laughs> this week one, we saw a lot of upsets. There was three on Saturday alone. Lots of ranked teams face off. We have, Number five, Georgia take down number three, Clemson, 10 to three on Saturday. Not a ton of offense all around, and that parlay goes to show for it. Um, in that game specifically, the two offenses combined for 434 yards and zero touchdowns. So not too exciting. We had top teams like number two, Oklahoma, number seven, Iowa State, Notre Dame, all had close games coming down to the wire, being heavy favorites. Each of their games decided late in the fourth quarter, or in Notre Dame's case, in overtime. That was probably the most exciting game against FSU. They finished 41 to 38, big comeback for FSU. They couldn't pull through. ND opened as eight and a half point favorites there, the total at 57 and a half. So that was one of the few that did go over. Before we get into NFL week one, which I know we are super excited to talk about, how much are you weighing on week one in college football or is it too early to make assumptions here? I just want to say thank you for you not bringing up Washington, losing to Montana. <laughs> Number 20 ranked Washington, the most embarrassing loss in program history. Jimmy Lake already on the hot seat. They scored on their first possession of the game and then went three and a half quarters getting shut out by an FCS school. Yeah. Are you kidding me? No, they're not kidding you. It's like I don't have a TV yet, so I was thankful I didn't get to watch the game. But they're going to the big house this weekend to play Michigan. And it's Mm -hmm. just, I mean, I guess if you can win that game, all sins are forgiven. But yeah. So I didn't have a great college football weekend. I didn't enjoy it. Um, my big takeaway from the weekend is like you mentioned all of these games, and it's like, and I think this is what I struggle with with college football in general. I love the pageantry of it. I love the atmospheres. I, I love the games singularly. Mm-hmm. But when you watch Alabama just dismantle Miami the way they did, yeah, they made Miami look like an FCS school. Alabama is such a wagon, and every year they have like eight to ten players drafted in the first two rounds. They turn over so much of their roster, Mm -hmm. and they just continue to be such a dominant force. And so I come out of the weekend saying, does it matter anything else that happened around the nation? Is anyone going to be able to challenge Alabama? And I just, I mean, I guess no is how I would answer that question. But yeah, um, yeah, a lot of fun action this weekend. That that Georgia defense was tremendous. I mean, anytime you can, you know, obviously shut down Clemson the way they did. Mm -hmm. It was wonderful. That that Sunday game, Notre Dame and Florida State was was a whole lot of fun. Like you said, probably the most entertaining game of the weekend. But I mean, you just come back to Alabama and guys are just so good again. It's a factory that Nick Saban has built there. And it's fun to see his uh, former quarterbacks go on to the NFL, which we're going to be seeing some of them this season as the NFL kicks off September 9th on Thursday. My birthday present. My birthday's on Thursday, so that's going to be Happy birthday. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Cowboys at Bucks on September 9th. The Bucks are eight-point favorites, minus 390 on the money line over at WinBet. You can get the Cowboys at plus 295. The total has moved up to 52. Before we get to this breakdown, I want to mention our triple the spread promo because you can get Dallas. It's a hell of a promo. It, it really is. You can get Dallas plus eight or you can triple the spread and get them at plus 22 and a half, which is just kind of insane. Uh, it's going to be funny if they don't cover that. It, it's going to be funny, but very sad. Uh, so the Bucks are heavy favorites here. Big argument in the NFC East surrounding the Cowboys. If they're going to take that next step this year, like they say they will every year win their division. We'll get to that a little later because I have my own opinion. Uh, returning Dak, 
of course, health is the question. Hopefully that won't be too much of a question in this game one. Arguably the best offense in the NFC East. They have Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, Michael Gallup. Expected, question mark, to have an improved defense. Can they really be worse than they were last year? I don't think so. Giving up more than 29 points a game, I would at least hope not. Uh, but they're facing the Bucks, the reigning Super Bowl champs. How likely is it the Cowboys can cover here? Maybe not with the 7.5, 8, but at least with the 22.5 with our great promo. They certainly should cover the triple the spread <laughs> promo. This to me has like a backdoor cover written all over it. I yeah. mean, a late game garbage time touchdown to make it seven uh, is super foreseeable. I just don't see them winning this game with Dak coming back from injury. We don't know what to expect from him. Mm -hmm. They're without Zach Martin. It was like the same day Dominican Sue gets taken off the COVID list and Zach Martin, their all pro guard gets put onto that list. Right. And, and when a team, it's just won a Super Bowl. I, I understand Super Bowl hangovers and all of that, but mm -hmm. this is a team that finished so hot last year and they brought back all 22 of their starters. Yeah. Um, I am not going to play it. Um, if I did play it, I, I would, I would probably, uh, take Dallas to cover. I mean, eight's a lot. Again, to me, this just feels like a backdoor cover game. I'm staying away from it. Can't wait to watch it, but uh, I would be shocked if the Bucks lost this game. Yeah, stay tuned till the end of the show because we do have a special guest who, who's going to come on and tell us why he's actually heavy on the Cowboys here. I do like Cowboys in, in some plays, but not for this game, so I'm with you there. <laughs> Uh, we will move on to September 12th because that is the Browns at Chiefs, a little rematch of the AFC Championship game, which the Chiefs won in case you forgot, despite losing Pat Mahomes midway through the third quarter with concussion protocol. Assuming he plays this full game, the Chiefs are six and a half point favorites, minus 280 on the money line. Browns, you can get at plus 220, total set at 54. We got Mayfield against Mahomes. Let's talk about this Browns defense a little bit because they're getting healthy at the right time, which of of course, this year in general, health is going to be that number one factor. Some of their starters were banged up, but they have returned. Um, big challenge for them, though, facing Mahomes, his arsenal of weapons. We know he has Travis Kelsey, has Tyreek Hill, but the Browns have Miles Garrett attacking Mahomes. He's the early favorite to win defensive player of the year. And he's a pass rushing partner in former number one overall pick, Jadavian Clowney. So they have the defense, but is it enough to hold off this Chiefs offense? You could argue the Browns have a top three talented roster in football. All We're around, looking yeah. at, at what's on paper. The big question is, is what is Baker Mayfield's ceiling? Is he is he an all pro type player or is he a guy who is who is good and, and can manage games and, and have some big moments, but isn't necessarily in that tier one with Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen and others? Um, Aaron Rodgers, obviously the reigning MVP. I'm saying this is probably the game I'm looking forward to most this weekend. Mm -hmm. I'm not playing it because I want to see what the Browns look like. Yeah. Um, but then and, and I don't want to start my betting season betting against Patrick Mahomes. It just feels I like a either. feels like a fool's errand, especially when they're at home. I agree. Um, but I am curious. This is a big statement opportunity for the Cleveland Browns to go on the road. I mean, they're huge underdogs at six and a half points and plus two twenty on the money line. I wouldn't be shocked if they won this game. I think if I had a play, I would sprinkle like a half unit on the, the Browns' money line just to see because they're more than capable of getting the job done. We talk about their defense, and you mentioned the defensive line, but you have a secondary with John Johnson at safety, Greedy Williams, and Denzel Ward. 
Their offense is also loaded with two of the best running backs in football, probably the best tandem in football with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb as that one-two punch. Yep. At receiver, Rashad Higgins, a fantastic number three. You've got Odell, uh, who's coming back from injury, and Jarvis Landry, and the two talented, two talented tight ends in Austin Hooper and David Joku. There is nowhere on this roster to me that you look at and say, that's a weak spot. They should be ready to go toe-to-toe with anybody. I'm just not ready to bet on it just yet in week one against a team that is, again, a Super Bowl favorite in Kansas City. Yeah, and I mean, we saw how much the O-line affected the Chiefs' offense last season, and they did kind of revamp it in the offseason. So that's something to keep in mind. So I'm kind of with you here. I'm probably staying away, but I am excited definitely to see what the Browns bring to the table. Let's move on to the Dolphins and my team, the New England Patriots, another September 12th game. The Pats are three-point favorites, minus 150 on the Moneyline Dolphins. You can get at plus 130. The total's at 43.5. We know now it's kind of old news. Mac Jones officially QB1 for the Pats. You mentioned Bama quarterbacks. We have two former Bama quarterbacks head-to-head between him and Tua. And I want to talk to a a little bit before we get into the game. We have to talk to her. We have to, right? So it's a second year, which if you want to, on a sheet of paper, sure, a second year guy is going to perform better than first year. But really, is he? I don't know. Uh, He was known for his accuracy in college, right? But in his first NFL season, he was throwing almost 4% lower than the average mark for an NFL quarterback. So he just did not step up to expectation. Was it because he didn't have the talent around him to be better? Or is that just the kind of player he is? What's kind of your take on this quarterback matchup? I'm not a believer in Tua just yet. And the Dolphins aren't sold on him either. The fact that they are willing to let themselves be put into rumors and have that be public, that they're even entertaining the thought of trading for Deshaun Watson, (laughs) a a guy who is facing 20-plus women who have accused him of sexual assault, sexual harassment, and they are being linked to him publicly – I mean, my goodness, if you're Tua, you can't feel good about where you stand in that organization and the confidence that's in, you know, within you in the organization. I mean, gosh, Jaden Waddle, their first-round pick, guy they traded up to go get, said in the pre-draft process, point blank, when asked that Mac Jones was the better quarterback compared to Tua. So, like, across the board, it doesn't feel like anybody has faith in Tua. It wasn't a very promising rookie season, especially when they had so much momentum under Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they kind of pulled the the rug under Fitz and put Tua in there, and he had his moments that were okay, but but nothing that, that screamed to you, hey, this is the guy, he's a franchise quarterback who's going to get you where you want to be for many years to come. Now you look at Mac Jones, he gets to play him in week one, and, and things could get much worse for Tua quickly. Because one, I don't think there's going to be a long leash in terms of in terms of the faith in him and the patience. But if Mac Jones comes into this game and balls out, wins his first start after the Patriots just cut Cam Newton, and Tua struggles against a really talented front seven for the Patriots, and overall, I would say an underrated and unheralded defense that you know when you led by Bill Belichick. I mean, gosh, you give so all of that, and then you have Bill Belichick who's had four and a half months to, to game plan for <laughs> He's him. Ready. You're, you're fighting yeah. an uphill battle, and you're going yeah. on the road to do so in Foxborough with Patriots fans in that building for the first time in over a year. I just, I, I'm all in on the Patriots here. Um, I don't like that the lines move from two and a half to three. I'm still playing it, mm-hmm. but this is a big game for Tua. And, and should it go south while Mac Jones potentially shines, um, we're going to be talking a lot about him next week and, and immediately whether or not Dolphins fans should be panicking. Yeah, I agree. And I have a play on this game, so I'm going to wait till a little later for our best bets to kind of give my breakdown. But you mentioned the Deshaun Watson trade 
Newton is still available. You know, if we're talking about the Patriots here, and we didn't make a trade for him, which kind of was interesting for me and on Bill's side of the of things. He's still making three and a half million dollars from the Patriots. Two million dollar signing bonus, the rest is salary. So he's still on the market. Do you think maybe that's a possibility? And do you think that's also something maybe two is thinking about? In Houston or you mean in Miami? In Miami. I just don't think they bring in a high pro. I don't, you can't this year, yeah. unless things start really going south. And like that's like a that's like a break glass in case of emergency move. I mean, and mm-hmm. also, I mean, Cam Newton's if he's not gonna if he doesn't want to back up Mac Jones, he's not gonna want to back, back up, up Tua. Tua yeah. And so, if you're bringing him in, you're bringing him in because Tua's not getting the job done. You potentially have to start him immediately. Maybe be that QB one. Yeah, that's my thought process. Process too. Uh, Packers at. At the Saints, my air quotes come in here, Packers, four-and-a-half-point favorites, minus 215 on the money line. Saints, you can get at plus 170, total 50 on win bet. Hurricane Ida has taken over the Gulf Coast, so the Saints will be playing in Jacksonville. They'll be practicing at TCU, so this game will be played at TIAA Bank Field. We got Aaron Rodgers' farewell tour here, which, of course, is the storyline that you hear everywhere, and we're going to talk about it, too, against QB1 Jameis Winston, I don't know really how to approach this game. I think, of course, it, it makes things a lot easier knowing who QB1 is, but is Aaron Rodgers going to come off and have this breakout first game, or is it going to take a little while for him? I'm staying away from this game. We're looking forward to the matchup. I'm such a Jameis apologist. <laughs> I love Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston's like that guy on my fantasy team that I can't quit, and I'm like, I'm never starting him again because he just threw mm-hmm. five picks last week. But you look at all the, but the matchup's good, and he's got all these weapons, and you don't throw for five thousand yards in this league by accident. And, and if he's able to minimize the just the boneheaded mistakes, I mean, the interceptions are going to happen when you're a gunslinger. Yeah. But it's it's the decisions that you just say, how on earth are we still making those as a veteran quarterback? You're not a young player anymore, and him being teamed up with. Uh, Sean Payton, to me, feels like a match made in heaven. It was never a quarterback competition. I don't know how you could ever potentially start a gadget player like Taysom Hill mm-hmm. over Jameis Winston. And you saw some of the magic. Marquez Callaway was one of the stars of the preseason. I love this Saints team as one I'm excited to keep my eye on because the rest of the roster is still there. Now they don't have Mike Thomas to start the season. Yeah. But Alvin Kamara is back. There's still a ton of talent on that defense. And I always trust Sean Payton to be one of the most innovative offensive minds, and maybe he can unlock Jameis Winston to a degree in which he wasn't able to do um, in Tampa. And beyond that, again, just like able to harness the talent and get more of the carrot and not so much of the stick with all the turnovers and interceptions. That said, I, I still think the Packers win this game, but there's value in taking a home underdog, especially one as talented as the Saints. They went 12-4 and four last year with a quarterback who couldn't throw the ball yeah. further than 15 yards. Now you have Jameis with one of the best arms in football. Um, I'm really excited to watch this game. I would lean taking the Saints um, just because I like playing underdogs, which is, you know, <laughs> you can fade me all season long, which, as you probably should. Um, but this is going to be a fun one because I think all the turmoil that happened in, in Green Bay over the offseason, yeah. what's the relationship with Matt Mathur and Aaron Rodgers? Was he going to come back? Now he is back, as you, as you kind of mentioned, this farewell tour. Is this truly the last ride for Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay? Um, it all beginning in Florida against the Saints um, it is a fascinating start to the season. 
Yeah, you mentioned the Saints defense, which is going to be big here because we know that Rodgers has Devontae Adams. We know he has Aaron Jones at the running game. So their offense is elite. Saints defense allowed the fifth fewest points per game and fourth in yardage allowed in 2020. They did lose some talent on that side of the ball, but their defense is definitely going to carry them, I'm sure, through a lot of these games, especially not knowing exactly what we're going to get out of Jameis Winston. Let's move on to futures because those were kind of the biggest games we're looking forward to for week one. But I want to talk starting with MVP. We got Pat Mahomes at plus 550, Josh Allen plus 900, Justin Herbert 10 to 1 in front of Aaron Rodgers, who's 11 to 1, and Brady at 12 to 1. Good for Justin Herbert. That's uh, shocking to me, by the way. I, I can't is. believe. There's so much hype. I, I'm not surprised. I mean, he literally broke it. Uh, well, yeah, he's I a am tremendous kind of talent. He broke every pretty much every. But to NFL be one of the favorites record. for Super Bowl MVP or for NFL, NFL regular season MVP, MVP is behind Rodgers and Brady. Wow. Or in front of Rodgers and Brady. Where are you going with this? I love that we get to do this now on episode one. We can come back in like two months and be like, wow, all of that <laughs> aged poorly. Terrible thing. That was all horrific. I, what I, are we thinking? I have to say, I don't think mine will because I'm high on Josh Allen and it seems like everyone else is on this team and Josh Allen in general. And if you look at me, of course, this comes down to voting. He finished second in MVP voting last year, and he was just fitting into this role. They were just fit, fitting into this pass-first offense. And I put this on Twitter before. I still love this stat. The Bills went from ranking 31st in early down pass efficiency to 29 in 2019 to third in 2020. So that was a huge jump. And he finished second in MVP voting when they were just getting used to that offense. So there's so much potential for him to have even a higher ceiling this year. And of course it comes down to voting. If you're looking at how many games they're winning, of course that matters. Um, but, but I don't know. I mean, I love the Josh Allen pick. He could have won it last year. I mean, Aaron Rodgers was right, that much better, but his yeah. numbers were good enough to win an MVP. Yeah. His expected completion rate was second best in the NFL's completion percentage, just over 69% ranked fourth overall. So I love Allen. I mean, it's terrible for me to say I'm all in on the Bills, but I kind of... What are the I numbers on Allen's pl what, plus 800? Uh, What's he Allen at? is plus 900. Plus 900. Yeah. I like that. But I like my pick more. Okay. Because you can double that plus 900 to plus 1800, which is insane value for another player who is insane. just as due to win the MVP. And there are going to be people who are tuning in for the first time saying, gosh, this guy's a homer. The Seattle guy is taking Russell Wilson to win He's MVP. But not only is there immense value here, the fact that he is behind Justin Herbert, who's plus 1,000, Matthew Stafford at plus 1,500, and Dak Prescott at plus 1,500 is wild to me. Yeah. And you're getting, which I guess is good. If you want to take this, if you're on board with Russell Wilson winning MVP like, like I am, you are getting a benefit. You are getting added value in that line because of negative recency bias towards Russell Wilson. We all forget, people forget, that through eight games last year, Russell Wilson was the was the clear-cut MVP pick. He had 29 total touchdowns through those eight games. 58. That's a pace. 58 touchdowns. Obviously, a horrific train wreck of a second half with just 13 touchdowns. The Seahawks tanked the rest of the way. They got embarrassed in the wild-card round by their division rival Rams. But, but this is a guy who has had MVP-caliber seasons just in the way we were just talking about Josh Allen where you say these are numbers that are worthy of that award. There has just been someone that has been that much better. Mm -hmm. It was Aaron Rodgers last year. With Russell Wilson, it's been Lamar Jackson. Uh, it's been Patrick Mahomes and others. This is a guy who is legitimately due to win the MVP. 
There's a number of things going his way. He's on a loaded offense. They should be top five in the NFL. Talk about DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Chris Carson, second-round pick D. Eskridge, a pair of tight ends, and Gerald Everett and Will Disley. You've got a brand-new offensive coordinator, Shane Waldron, who I think is going to bring some much-needed ingenuity and creativity to that offense, where I don't think they had that with Brian Schottenheimer. They're going to have that short and intermediate passing game, some silver platter throws where Russell Wilson can have some stuff that's on time and, and sort of mindless execution because you know it's going to be there rather than having to feel like you play a hero every single play with the scramble drill that we saw basically the entire second half from Russell Wilson. And finally, the defense is going to be good but not great. I think that's their ceiling, so they're going to have yeah. to score points. And finally, finally... <laughs> This guy hasn't even received a single MVP vote before. And there's been a Which lot made of that. Yeah. And I, it, you can't make too much because voters, it's not like baseball where the, you have multiple votes for MVP. You only yeah. get one. And if there's a clear-cut choice, that's where it's going to go. But I do believe if there is a tie between Russell Wilson and someone else who's already won one, say a Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, Aaron Rodgers, yeah. I do believe consciously or subconsciously voters will, will err towards tipping the scales and Russell Wilson's favor. So to me, he's a great pick no matter what the odds are, but the fact that you can get him at plus 1800 on the win bet app um, is a no brainer for me. Really quickly, because we can't just gloss over the fact that you said you're, did you say you're not a homer? I'm not a homer. Okay. okay. I don't well, think it makes me a homer to say that Russell Wilson, a future hall okay. of famer could win MVP. No, I get that, but I think you also need to explain to the audience um, how you're an extreme homer when it yeah. comes to betting sometimes. So okay, you remember when I told you at the beginning of the show I have two weird betting quirks? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the first one is yeah. I don't bet unders. Right. Because it's just no fun. Of course, I get that. My second one is that I it's, will really not, only in big games, I will bet against my teams. Yeah. So I'm a big Mariners fan. Huge Mariners fan, uh, a suffering, long-suffering Mariners fan who hasn't enjoyed a playoff game mm. since 2001. Longest playoff drought in sports. Yeah, what's that like? <clears throat> Horrific. You spoiled, entitled Boston fan who gets to enjoy multiple championships every season. Yeah, knock on wood. It's not fair. <laughs> no, I'm not knocking on wood. So the Mariners are currently... In the playoff hunt, they're in the wild card hunt, card hunt with your Red Sox. Yep. So basically, every game they're playing, I'm saying I would like. I'll, I'm the thought process is I will buy a Mariners win, and so I bet on whoever they're playing. So if they lose and I'm upset about it, win a little bit of money. If they win, I'm happy to lose whatever amount of money it is that I am buying these games for. Mm -hmm. uh, another example of this: a big Gonzaga basketball fan. I put a very sizable bet on the Baylor money line, <laughs> and Baylor was huge underdogs, like plus two fifty, plus three hundred. So while I was upset that five minutes into that game, Gonzaga was getting routed and it was never a contest, yes. I at least got to go to bed at night saying, I'm getting paid this week. <laughs> and that's what I do. All right. So you're weird, um, but I'm glad Is that that share. weird? I feel like I think, it's I think there's going to be people out there that say, I resonate with that. Okay. Because well, there's an we'll amount of money. Like, you're emotionally <laughs> invested in this and you say... Would I pay for, let's say, let's say the Mariners in the World Series. What would I pay for the Mariners to win a World Series? The answer is a lot of money. That's really cute, honestly. If you agree with Joe, let us know. Tag us. Find tag us on Joe. Twitter. Find us tag on bet Twitter. to win. Hashtag bet to win. Hashtag bet to win. Let us know. If you agree, if you absolutely hate it, think it's the worst take ever, let us know. Either way, we'll put your tweet up on this beautiful LED screen. You can roast fun. me. I'm happy, roast to, I'm happy to be roasted. Roast him. Self-deprecation <laughs> at an all-time high over here.
You take it. Offensive rookie of the year. In the last 10 years, five quarterbacks have won the award. It's not looking like much different this year. Trevor Lawrence at plus 275. Mac Jones plus 300 was at plus 700 before the Newton release. Justin Fields plus 525. It'd be so nice to be holding that ticket. That Mac Jones plus 700 yes, ticket. I know. Uh, Najee Harris, Trey Lance, and Zach Wilson all at plus 600. You mentioned storyline. I'm riding with the storyline. I'm not really a homer, but I'm going with Mac here. Projection oh, week. so wait. So you don't, <laughs> you get to pick Mac Jones <laughs> yeah, to win I'm, Rookie of the Year, and you're not a homer. I picked Russell Wilson, who's been in this league for a decade, and the future Hall of Famer, and I'm a homer? Okay, okay. Is okay. this our first fight? Because I'm happy to fight about it. Storyline, bro. Drops to 15th. People forget he dropped to us. He dropped right into our hands. We were ready for him. And he's going to go Oh, off. was that a we? Was that a we? <laughs> the was Patriots. that a we? I'm New not England. a homer, but she says we? Uh, New England was ready for him. <laughs> When's the starting job? We had all that Take drama that with him. Take that W over Solid defense, solid offensive line. He has good receivers. And if we're looking here, if we're talking about voting, looking at his competition, they should win more games than the Jags, um, which doesn't always matter, but voters do like winning. And if you're looking at Lawrence as a competition, it does technically matter. If he brings them to the playoffs, them, the Patriots, New England, game over, I think. Uh, and the talent's there if you watch preseason, if you've listened to any interviews, if you've talked, watched really any sports talk show, they have said how players on the team from the very start have said that he looks like a veteran player, not just a rookie. So I get it. It's his first year. But people in the game playing with him on the field are saying that he looks more like a veteran. So take that. I love Mac Jones. I think oh, to okay. me it's a three-person three race. I don't think okay. you can bet on somebody who isn't starting week one. So yes. to me, Justin Fields out of the running. Trey yeah. Lance out of the running. Mm -hmm. Maybe they end up having the better careers. We don't know, obviously. But but you have to go with someone who's starting week one and accumulating numbers from the jump. I'm going with Trevor Lawrence. I, to me, it's chalk. It was plus 275. So obviously not a ton of value there. He's the favorite for a reason. But I don't think wins and losses matters as much in the rookie of the year battle as it does in MVP. The reason being is, by and large, I mean, you're joining teams. These guys are joining teams that aren't very good. There's a reason the Jags are picking first overall. Now, I do, we'll get to it, but I do think the Jags will win more games than people think. But as, in terms of just Trevor Lawrence, I think he's by far the superior talent. I think there's, there's a reason why we've known for three years that he was going to be the number one overall pick in this year's draft. I think his, his, his cast of, of playmakers, even without Travis Etienne, who's out for the season with a foot injury. I like James Robinson as, as your running back one. I like the receiver trio of DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault, and a really savvy off-season pickup of Marvin Jones. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to be far and away the most productive quarterback. I think he's going to be more successful wins and loss-wise than maybe people think. And I think if, if I'm going to dabble in another, maybe more of a long shot, I would take Zach Wilson for the reason in which I stated earlier there's no reason why he should be lower than uh, than Josh Fields yeah. in this Justin Fields, yeah. or Justin Fields um, in these uh, odds because he's starting from from day one. I really like what the Jets have as well, and I'm a huge Robert Sala believer. So um, I'm taking Lawrence, but I might think about dabbling with with Zach Wilson. Really, it comes down to whichever quarterback you want to ride with of those three. I think you can make a strong case for. Yeah, I like Wilson, too, and I was kind of surprised to see him at plus 600. We can dig into that a little more in some later shows, but there's more I want to get to, specifically Super Bowl favorites. 
because if we're talking chalk, not really chalk, I mean, I'm getting Tampa Bay at plus 650. I am on the Bucks. We got the Chiefs at plus 475. Bills, 12 to 1. I'm liking it. My Josh Allen pick is making me feel a little better. Is that where you're going? No, I'm going with the Bucks. Uh, okay. <laughs> they've only gotten better, and also I hate admitting this, and it's funny because I've I just put so many futures down yesterday related to the Bucks because I didn't bet them in the Super Bowl last season, and it was really tough for me to watch that game, and I was just butt hurt because I lost my quarterback, and I didn't want to see him in a Super Bowl without. Um, when they started Bill. like four and four, you were like, ah, he's done. Oh, Enjoy that two year, $50 million dollar deal. I was riding that wave on Twitter. I'm like, ha, ha, ha. Did you see Tom that? Tom Brady's throw? had a stretch of games like the last five seasons <laughs> yeah. where you're like, nah, he's done. That's it. Right. And then he's right. not ever. Well, and, and that's the problem here. And not the problem. It's going to be good for me this time because I am putting my money on them, but they've only gotten better, right? They've had that year to shake off kind of not even rust, but like to shake off that newness of, of the team. They had the second most points per game, just over 30 last season behind the Packers. Um, yeah, they're the most prepared team. They're coming back with all 22 starters. That's a line that you hear a thousand times. If I had a dollar every time, I'd be rich. No major coaching changes, which which is another huge edge. Um, and an even improved defense than last year, if you're looking at the odds better than the Chiefs, at least they were rated to be tier one by NFL. Chiefs came in around tier four for their defense. And the cherry on the top is they have the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL. The Chiefs have the 11th toughest. So that's why I'm really liking the odds at plus 650 for Tampa Bay. Where are you at? It's hard to go against a defending champ that returns all 22 of its starters. I maintain at some point, Father Time will finally defeat Tom Brady. No. Father Time's undefeated, but he is dangerously close to taking. So he has already taken some serious L's against Tom Brady, who just continues to defy all odds and what his, you know, he's the GOAT for a reason. Um, I have a a couple of teams that I really like here, and I'll probably end up playing both. Officially, I will take your MVP pick, Josh Allen, the Bills, to win the Super Bowl. They are a team that's been on the come for a while. And and two years ago, ago you saw a a defense that carried Josh Allen the offense, where, where Josh Allen was. I mean, sort of Jameis Winston at the Bucks-esque of these glimpses of just tremendous play and upside, but so many head-scratching decisions and bad turnovers. That was eliminated last year. And Brian Dable, the biggest win of the offseason, potentially for any team, is the Bills getting to keep Brian Dable, who is one of the league's best offensive coordinators. And that offense was an absolute juggernaut last year. They embarrassed a lot of defenses. And they get Emmanuel Sanders this year, who I think is going to be a tremendous number three wide receiver. They have a couple capable running backs. And then Stephon Diggs. Talk about a win-win trade with the Vikings getting Justin Jefferson with that first-round pick coming from the Bills. But Stephon Diggs and Josh Allen were the most prolific quarterback-wide receiver combo in the NFL last year. And then, so you have a defense. If they can continue just or, or just get back to respectability, and not that they weren't last year, but, but they were a liability at times. But there's still so much talent there with with Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde, Tre Davis White in the secondary. You've got Tremaine Edmonds, Jerry Hughes, and Ed Oliver in the front seven. That's a defense that should be in the top half of the league, if not top 10. And you talk about going through the playoffs. If they're able to get that one seed, if you can have home field advantage in January going through Buffalo, that is not a place no. you want to go. <laughs> and so it's hard to bet against the Chiefs in the AFC. But to me, the NFC is just so much harder to predict because there's the Bucks, but I think there are so many other teams that have a legitimate shot, whether it's the Saints, the Packers, 
the Seahawks, Rams, Niners. You can make a case for all of those teams. In the AFC, I think it's much smaller. Obviously, the Chiefs, they're a betting favorite in the AFC for a reason. But to me, it's the Bills. Then also, I would sprinkle the Browns, also at plus 1,200, wow. who I've already said, I think they have arguably a top three talented roster in the NFL. Talk about the names on offense, but also on defense, Javian Clowney, uh, Miles Garrett, who's arguably the second best defensive player in football behind Aaron Donald, yep. Malik Jackson, Denzel Ward, Greedy Williams, John Johnson, absolute studs on both sides of the football. I like both plays, the Bills and the Browns. Officially, for the receipts, I'll go with the Bills. <laughs> Bills, Browns, Bucks. We love it. Team totals, we're going to go over under. You have two picks. I have two picks. We'll go through this a little quickly because then we have best bets. And then we're out. You are going Steelers, and, and you mentioned you don't like to take under, so you're both over Steelers and the Jags. Let's hear it. Why? Yeah, the Steelers haven't had a losing record since 2003, and at eight and a half, you also have to consider a 17-game season. You have to just go nine and eight. And to me, the Steelers are capable of doing that. I, I know they're not necessarily, the, uh, again, a betting favorite in the AFC, but but they're good enough and their defense is good enough to, to make games ugly and be competitive in every single game. I talked to you about how the, the Saints had a 12-4 and record with a shot arm Drew Brees. This is what we're dealing with Ben Roethlisberger, who I think still has more left in the tank than what Drew Brees had. I think TJ Watt's going to play, even though he's dealing with that Holden right now. I just can't imagine them going to battle in week one without him. Uh, Mika Fitzpatrick, one of the best safeties in football in the back end of that defense. And they're loaded at skill players. The Chase Claypool, who was that freshman phenom a year ago. Juju Smith-Schuster, who re-signed this offseason. Deontay Johnson, who, if he can ever cure the drops, can be a legitimate number one guy. Then Eric Ebron and rookie tight end Pat Fryermuth, who was, who was tremendous in the preseason. Uh, they've been 8-8 eight and eight four times since 2003 that's 12 winning seasons in that span you look at eight and eight if they win that 17th game they're covering here i just think to me getting it at plus money plus 105 for the steelers um at eight and a half wins i think they can go nine and eight no problem it's a tough schedule for them one of the toughest in football um and the biggest concern with them continues to be the offensive line but ben roethlisberger got rid of the football quicker than any quarterback in football a year mm -hmm. ago to mitigate some of that i really like Najee harris and so to me this is an easy play taking the over eight and a half at plus 105. you i'll, I'll let you take one first before i dive <laughs> into the jags so I'm excited to talk about the Jaguars. Oh, you want me to talk about the Cowboys? Huh? Yeah, you put this on Twitter. I did put this on Twitter. I did put this on Twitter. Like I mentioned, I want you guys to be involved in this. So even if you hate our takes, if you agree, if you're tailing, either way, let us know because we want to pull up your tweets on the backboard. Uh, yeah, I am going. Cowboys. Use hashtag bet to win. That's how we're you, gonna do it, right? Yeah. Bet to, hashtag bet to win. W Y N N. Boom. Boom. Boom, boom. I'm going Cowboys over nine and a half wins at plus 120. Nine and a half. That's bold. At least you're getting plus money on nine it. Nine and a half. Yeah, I could have got nine and I, I just didn't like the value as much. I, I want my plus money here. I believe in them. Of course, this comes down to health and winning divisional games. I understand. But it also comes down to schedule and they have the second easiest schedule behind the Eagles. I looked at it last night. But that's because they're in that division, I and the division was last horrific night. last year. The Washington, Washington won <laughs> with a losing record, Joe? so of course they're strength of schedule when they play those teams twice each. <clears throat> Can you turn this mic off? If you look, <laughs> I'll turn it if off you for look you. at their <laughs> schedule, if you look at their schedule, their biggest threats, okay? Bucks, Patriots, Chiefs. Let's say those are automatic losses, right? They still have 14 games that they could very well win, and should, for the majority of them, win. They have the best offense in their division. Last season, their defense, we know, was trash. Gave up more than 29 points. I understand. 
But like I mentioned, they have to be better. They went defensive draft heavy. They went heavy with defensive pickups and free agency. They're showing eight of 11 new defensive starters. So everyone wants to talk about how bad their defense was. I understand that, but they're going to be better and they have the offense. Dex health, yes, of course that worries me, but to get it at plus 120, I convinced myself last night. I knew it was kind of risky going into it, but I'm liking it at plus 120. Also on WinBet, you can get them to win the division at plus 165, the best price on the market. So I'm liking that as well. Okay. Am I crazy? I mean, like I'm about to take the Jags over six and a half at plus 115. I'm also going to uh, dip my beak in uh, the plus 800 to win the AFC South because I think... (laughs) I think the AFC South is gettable this year. I think the Titans defense uh, can't stop a nosebleed. And I don't think, I think the loss of Arthur Smith going to Atlanta is going to be hugely detrimental to them. Um, I also really think that this team is, is more talented than I think we give it credit for. I mentioned the offensive players when talking about uh, Trevor Lawrence, my pick to win rookie of the year, Mm -hmm. but defensively you have a front seven anchored by miles, Jack and Josh Allen. And you have CJ Henderson at corner, former first-round pick, and Shaquille Griffin, a guy they paid big-time money, $14 million a year in free agency to come over from the Seahawks. My big worry with the Jags is that college coaches have struggled, hmm. especially in their first year, to make that jump to the NFL. And I can't say I have a ton of faith in Daryl Bevel, Bevel uh, their new offensive coordinator, and Brian Schottenheimer's passing game coordinator. This offense was... As vanilla as it gets in the preseason. <laughs> yeah, was, and so you, you look at that and say, is is this just them keeping everything under wraps for what they're going to unveil and roll out during the regular season? You hope so. Regardless, I think there's enough talent there to get them to seven wins. I love getting it plus money. Um, and, I, I, and I think, again... If, we're, if you're throwing darts at long shots, you can do worse than the Jags at plus 800 to win the AFC South. We know the Texans aren't going to be in it. They're the worst team in football. Again, I mentioned the Titans. And the Colts, well, I think the most talented team on paper, we have no idea what Carson Wentz is going to come, what's yeah. going to look like. Um, I know he's reunited with Frank Reich, which he was the guy who, who led him to, you know, Carson Wentz before he had that knee injury that Super Bowl year was was going to potentially be the MVP of the league. Mm-hmm. But he looked lost and confused <laughs> and absolutely um, is ineffective. And you can throw out all the adjectives you want. He was bad. He was really bad yeah. for the Eagles last year, which is why he got benched for Jalen Hurts. And Jalen Hurts immediately was a spark to that offense, which is why I have more faith in the Eagles this year than I did last year. Yeah. So I don't think you can can guarantee that Carson Wentz is going to find that magic he had with Reich and Philly which, again, leads us back to the Jaguars as unbelievable value to win this division. Speaking of bad, real quick, I'm going Texans under four. <laughs> I'm not getting this at plus money, but I strongly believe there is value here. Uh, they went four and 12 they last season. They might not season. win a game. <laughs> they might go zero and 17. They went four and 12 last season. That was with Deshaun Watson playing every game. Now they're playing with Tyrod Taylor as QB1. He has taken 169 snaps since 2018. And he brings 56 out of 62 quarterbacks and expected points added. The roster is probably the worst in the NFL. They really made no impactful changes in the offseason. They just lost J.J. Watt. <laughs> so it's like, at least they, tra- at least they have David Johnson, though. Yeah. So that's, I mean, <laughs> at least they traded DeAndre Hopkins for and, David Johnson. Right, yeah, huge, huge get. Uh, they'll also have to win all three of their games against the Jags and Jets to hit this over. And it's very possible that they don't do that. 
And they're playing eight playoff teams from last season, and those who are not playoff teams are very much improved. So, like I mentioned, some people are talking about them going 0-17. and 17. I'm definitely liking this under four here. I am happy... In a very serious note, I'm very happy for Tyrod Taylor that he gets to be a starting quarterback I am too. again. I am too. Yeah. This dude lost his job last year because one of the team doctors punctured his lung <laughs> 40 minutes before the game. Yeah. On there, I was at. I remember yeah. when I was covering the Seahawks yeah. last year, and we're in the yeah. press box at uh, then CenturyLink Field, now Lumen Field, and you see on NFL's official stats that. You know, Justin Herbert's taking snaps. You think that's just got to be a typo. Like what happened? Tyrod Taylor wasn't on the injury report, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Then everyone's like, wait, Justin Herbert's playing. Why is Justin Herbert playing? And it comes out like midway through the first quarter that uh, Tyrod Taylor isn't playing due to a punctured lung. Now, obviously, I mean, Justin Herbert should have been starting from the jump, and he showed that immediately. It wasn't his first game against the Chiefs, and he almost beat him. Mm. But. He gets to play again. That wasn't like the end of his a career. Yeah. So wow, well, I don't think he's going to win any with, games. With the worst roster and the only in reason the NFL, he's but it's playing fine. is because Deshaun right. Watson is in all the trouble that he's in. Yeah. Um, I, I am genuinely happy that he gets to go out and play again and, and kind of write the end to his career his own way rather than yeah. a fluky. I mean, you can't even call it an injury uh, that happened last year in Los Angeles. Yeah, I agree. All right, last part of the show, we're going to do winning picks with a Y. Week one, our best bets. But before we get to ours, we want to pull up our special guest, our first guest on the show, king of NBA Twitter. Not him. He's the king of NBA in general. Uh, but we do have Josiah Johnson. Once we have our producers pull them up. I'm not going to give you my best bet for week one. I'm going to give you my spiciest bet for week one. I got the Cowboys over the Bucks. I'm taking the money line because wow. I don't even need them. 7.5 points. Dak and the crew going to come into Tampa and give Brady and them that L. The Bucks were getting way too turned up after the Super Bowl. They're going to have a Super Bowl <laughs> hangover. And I'm also predicting the Cowboys to win the Super Bowl. Now, I couldn't even say that with a straight face. But, yes, I got the Cowboys over the Bucks week one. Book it. <sighs> King Josiah, we love him. He's going plus 295 Cowboys. I just had my whole Cowboys spiel, so I love this. I like the long shot. <laughs> it's uh, fun. It's fun. Spicy. I also, there's like a take to be had that maybe Tom Brady is quite literally still hungover from the Super Bowl parade <laughs> on the be. boat because we saw that guy stumbling out. And we've all been there, and he might still, that. at age yeah. you know, 40-plus, hangovers hit harder than they do when you're a young pup. I'm about to be 32. I can tell you that. So, you know, I think he, you know, instead of like the two-day hangover, he might be literally having like the eight-month hangover from that, that yeah. day on the boat where he's t- thro- tossing the Lombardi trophy all over the water. I just say it's definitely spicy. I, it I'm not going to tail it, but I, I'm not good, telling it either. Good, good for Josiah. Uh, I am, I mentioned it before, I'm going Pats. I had him at minus two but you're and not a half. A it's at three just now. to clarify. But I, I'm not just a homer. To this isn't bias, I promise. There's no bias there. Um, I'm just taking Mac really over Tua at home for Mac. I'm liking it. The Pats are returning all their defensive opt-outs. They made several additions in free agency. The Dolphins do have a deep roster. I mean, we can't deny that they have added some weapons that should elevate to his game, but to see him do that in this first game, I just don't really expect it. And the Patriots need a strong start. Bill needs them to win this game. And lastly, because trends are fun, not necessarily predictive, but they're fun, the Patriots won five of their last six season openers. So I'm loving them here um, with this home field spread. I like that pick as well. I liked it more at two and a half. It's now bumped to three, which I think, you know, obviously a lot of betting slips coming in on the side that we're leaning as well. Yeah. Um, I was going to take Broncos minus two and a half. They're now minus three. So I'm going to pivot to the money line, taking on some juice here at minus 160 on the road against the Giants. 
I just don't want to start this whole thing with our best bets by tying. I don't want to push. So, like, I want to be 1-0 as we come to our, our show on Monday. Uh, next Monday, Vaughn Miller and Bradley Chubb are back. The Giants' offensive line isn't good. Andrew Thomas had a horrific not preseason, good. was a revolving door. Um, and I think Daniel Jones is in a whole lot of trouble. I'm still not sold on Daniel Jones. Mm-hmm. I think Teddy Bridgewater can be the game manager that Broncos need him to be. But he has elite weapons at his disposal with Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, and Cortland Sutton coming back from injury. Love what I've seen from John, Javante Williams, the rookie running back in North Carolina. Melvin Gordon's still there. I think the Giants remain a mess. I don't believe in Jason Garrett as an offensive coordinator. I can't trust Saquon yet. It looks like he's going to play. Um, Kenny Galladay hasn't played in the preseason. I am not in on the Giants at all. I think the Broncos are going to be better than expected. Taking on the juice on the money line at minus 160 just to avoid a push. If you want to take the spread at minus three, love that as well. Awesome. Love it. And you guys let us know if you're tailing us, if you're fading us. Either way, like I said, hashtag bet to win with a why? <laughs> well, we'll be w, accountable. We'll have standings. A w and a y, we'll yeah. have standings that, that come every, we every single episode. It's a competition. Um, this is our only show this week because we're both on the road. But like I mentioned, follow us at Joe underscore fan, at Cbellafado TV, at Blue Wire Pods, and at Win Bet. Next week, Monday, Thursday, and every week after that. Monday, Can't wait. Thursday. Can't wait. Thanks for watching, guys.